It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. Thrilled to be with you this morning, and especially right now, because we get to introduce you to Dr. Marina Hoffman, who has become a friend of ours, and that's Hoffman with one H. She is a Bible professor in South Florida. She's the author of the award-winning book, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, which is available on Amazon if you want to catch that. And she offers a free video series of Women in the Bible at womeninthebible.com. Info. That's womeninthebible.info. And Marina, just really, she illuminates the leadership, the character, and the courage of women with a message of hope during challenging times. She's an advocate personally for faith, for family, and for freedom in Palm Beach County, Florida. And she's a homeschool mom. She's the president of Partners for Family Values. And Marina impacts women and youth in her community. And we're just thrilled to have her with us here in West Michigan this morning. Good morning, Marina. It's so good to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. And how wonderful to take a few minutes to talk about women in the Bible. Yes. So let's talk about overcoming anxiety, fear, and trauma. Let's just kind of tiptoe into, you know, real life things by talking about overcoming anxiety, fear, and trauma. I say that tongue in cheek. You know this personally, Marina, you've been through quite a journey. And so just share with us your story. Yes, a few years ago, my husband and I were in a car wreck, and for various reasons, we should have died several times over. But, you know, God is so faithful and preserved our life in those moments. And when all was said and done, a few days later, our physical lives had been saved by many people working together. But I had a long journey of recovery for my mental. I had a brain injury and I had a lot of emotional traumas to overcome. So while God was so faithful in working a miracle to save my life, I also had to go through recovery day by day to even leave the house or have the boldness to speak since my speech was so lost and my English was terrible and my life was so messed up. This has got to be, I mean, we're talking about the kind of recovery, Marina. This is this is not like a three-month journey. <laughs> I've got to believe. Can you expand a little bit more on the, the length of time and what you had to go through to rebuild? Yes, I would say it was day-by-day recovery for about five years. And wow. we can talk about that, Shauna. I'll say, I'll say what happened at five years. Another miracle, I got pregnant. And I think there's a bit of a joke that... Pregnancy hormones can make women feel crazy and out of sorts, but really those pregnancy hormones helped me go from crazy to normal. Mm -hmm. It was so funny how everyone saw a huge change in me, but it was definitely to be calm and peaceful. And those hormones got me through several months. And after five or six months of pregnancy, my new normal was to be joyful again. It was a miracle. And I was warned that after I had the child, I should be careful because of my history, I could have a really hard time. But three days later, I was so nervous because the hard time hadn't come yet. Hmm. So I called my doctor and said, I'm not depressed yet. And they said, well, there's also birthing hormones. So I gave it a few more days. And I'll fast forward to Christmas. <clears throat> it had been six months since I gave birth to Willow. And at Christmas, when I was still feeling such joy and that anxiety and 
endless depression had not returned, Mm -hmm. I decided to thank the Lord and believe that God had given me yet another miracle. Yeah, so I picture your recovery from the car accident as like pushing this boulder up a hill. You know, you're Mm -hmm. pushing it up a hill, you're pushing it up a hill, and you're just waiting to get to that summit where where it's not a huge drop-off, but you, you suddenly get a little bit of momentum. Was it that point where, you know, with the pregnancy hormones, was that the point where you started to think, oh, wow, I, I'm, I'm coming through this? So was that it? Yes, and also in the five years, you know, thankfully with a lot of work, I was able to develop the tools to face life even with anxiety. And I think there's lots of little things we can do to overcome fear, or even if we're still feeling anxiety to move forward. You know, Perry, I couldn't just never drive again. And for me, that was very real. It was just my husband and I, our family lived far away and his both ankles were broken and his knee was in his hip. So he was not going to drive. So if I didn't drive, I mean, what would we do? So thankfully, you know, sometimes circumstances just make you have to move forward, even if you're afraid. And I think of little kids at the pool. I mean, jumping into a pool is terrifying, but the more they do it, 20 minutes later, they're running in and laughing and joyful. So I think I tried to picture my recovery a little bit like that. It would be hard, but every time I did the very things that I was terrified of, I trusted it would get a bit easier. And it did over five years. From your book, um, Women in the Bible, I know one of the women that you feature is Mary. And as we look at the Christmas story, you know, it's all around us everywhere this month. How can we relate to Mary in the Bible? I mean, she's, she's, we so elevate her, right? Like the perfect life, the perfect mom. How can someone who's so imperfect like me relate to Mary? It's so true. I remember when my daughter was only one, I would see these Christmas images of Mary. I thought, wow, my kid never sits still like that. (laughs) So we can certainly feel that she's unreachable. And yet when I was going through a time of major change in my own life, I realized Mary herself went through a dramatic and sudden change when the angel appears to her and announced that she would have a child, God's son. So I think that's how we can relate to her. We've all gone through these huge life changes, and many times it was unexpected. So we can find inspiration from how Mary responds and how she shows resilience and courage. So uh, what did Mary face? She knew this was going to change her life forever. What do you, Can you imagine what feeling she had and how you know she may have projected into the future what this was going to mean for her? Yeah, I think there's a sense of fear that can be very unhealthy, but I don't think all fear is unhealthy at all. I think we would agree with that if we're in a dangerous place, that sense of fear of what's coming is healthy. So you know, the angel tells Mary not to fear. So we can assume she was afraid. What kind of fear? I think the fear that is common to all human experience when life is about to change. And I think often what kind of dreams and vision for her future did Mary have? Because whatever she grew up wanting to do and be and the life she wanted, that was all suddenly changed. So I think talk about uncertainty and 
um, a great deal of things for her to think through and reorient what her life would look like and how beautiful in the midst of that she is able to immediately commit and say yes to the angel and yes to God's plan. And the thing is that we can look back at her story. We see how her story, all that she had to go through, which was not easy at all being the mother of the Savior and watching what was going to transpire in the years to come, right? But she didn't know any of that. She didn't know any of that when she said, may it be to me as you have said. How can we, how can we, you know, how can we take that into the unknowns in our own life? It's so true. And I often think, you know, if God has given us a calling and if God has asked us to do something that we think is impossible. It's not our responsibility to take it over and make it possible, but we can Mm -hmm. just relax and move forward and trust God because if he calls us to something, he will make a way. And you know, Sean, there have been times, many times where I have tried to take over and it never ever works out as well as when I step back and say, Lord, I'm going to start this journey. I see the first step you want me to take, but I'm only going to take that step and I'll wait for your guidance on the next. And in my own life, the times I've been willing to walk patiently and slowly step by step waiting on the Lord, those are the times that such incredible things happen. I could never have planned them and I could never have even dreamed of them. So Marina, when we're blindsided by life and I've been blindsided by life and my apple cart is upset, my plan is changed. What's the first step, you know, to taking a good step forward? What is the first step? I think the first step in all cases has to bring be to bring it back to the Lord. I mean, look how fundamental prayer is. And we look at some of these characters in the Bible that went through great hard times and great change. And usually we find out even at the beginning or throughout the story, they were people of righteousness and they walked with the Lord. And I think that's how all of us can survive the hard times we live in. And sometimes the hard times that God calls us to, you know, to to make a difference in this world, sometimes to make a difference in the lives of our loved ones. It's hard. It's challenging. We might have rejection and sorrow, but if that's what God has called us to, then I believe we need to stay close to the Lord and committed to prayer. And I think other factors, Perry, would be the people we surround ourselves with, you know, community, support, friendship, even listening to Christian radio. For me, that's one of the main things in my life and my healing, constantly filling my mind with scripture through music. It's so good. We're talking with Dr. Marina Hoffman. She is the author of Women in the Bible Small Group Bible Study. And I feel like when I come across the hardest moments in my life and I'm not sure I'm going to make it, I try to tell myself, you know, there are times when I try to tell myself, I got this, I got this, I got this, until I realize I don't. But all along, if we could start with point A being, you've got this, Lord, and I trust you in the middle of Whatever this is, not knowing all of the outcomes, I don't, I don't have this, but you do, and you've got me. I think we can rest in that. We're talking about overcoming anxiety and fear and trauma. You've had a lot of that in your life through a car accident that you you and your husband should have died in. And you recovered miraculously, but it took a long time to recover from the anxiety, the fear, the trauma. And the story of Mary connects with this. And Mary's life is blindsided. 
she is blindsided by the announcement that she's going to be the the mother of the son of god and yet she she takes on this challenge and she makes a commitment talk about that Yes, it's amazing that this angel changes everything for her, and yet she's willing to say yes to the Lord. And one of the beautiful elements that I see in Mary's life is if we pull out all the passages where we find her in the Gospels, we see that she her story weaves in and out of the experiences of Jesus, mm -hmm. and how incredible that she doesn't see the calling to have this Christ child as simply to bring him into the world, but to have a lifelong calling of supporting him. Of course, your listeners will know she's there all the way to the cross. And so she carries this really, we can say, burden mm -hmm. of calling even to the suffering to watch this beloved child that she was called to bring into the world suffer and die. So to me, Perry, it reminds me that God's calling is always complex. It's not necessarily easy. It can have hardship alongside its reward. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we take God's call serious, it's just a lifelong commitment. And how incredible that we don't even know now the impact of saying yes to God if we just step forward in faith. When Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple, I think it was Simeon who you know, said, now you can dismiss your servant in peace. But I believe it was Simeon. It may have been another character who said to Mary, a sword is going to pierce your soul. So she knew that where her son's story was going was to a, a difficult place as well as to a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. So she knew that was coming. And yet she, she said, I'm, I'm all in. Yes, she is. She's all in. And, you know, she herself surely was ridiculed and she herself had hardship and yet was also blessed. And we see these two sides. And I think of the woman that calls out to Jesus, blessed is the woman who brought you into this world. Mm -hmm. So how and isn't that just a picture of our own life? Following Christ is so rewarding in the ways that matter most. And yet at the same time, the ridicule and the hardship, and that can be so close to home, even our own family members and close friends ridiculing us for speaking out the truth. But yet I think for those who love Jesus, it's something that compels us forward, no matter the price. There was so much fear and trauma involved in in Mary's life, not only in finding out that she was going to have this baby, but like having to up and move in the middle of the night, right? Like, oh, my husband had a dream and he just woke me up and now we're, we're up and we're going. What can we learn from the life of Mary about overcoming fear and trauma? Yeah, I think there's a few key pieces between the lines. We don't read so much about her, but as we're talking about, we know that she accepts this calling. And I think when we accept God's plan for our life, it's much easier to move forward, unlike Jonah, mm. who resists and resists and things really fall apart. So I think a change comes in our perspective when we accept God's call and what we feel God is wanting to do. And then she believes God is with her. Again, what a beautiful comfort to know in the midst of our struggle, whether hardship or whether a calling from God, that the Lord is there with us. That can be our greatest source of comfort and strength. And then we see that Mary surrenders to God's will, and she shows humility and trust that God is in control. And again, I think this is key to 
Mary's courage and our courage that when we trust God, when we really know that he is with us, then we have the strength to move forward because we know we're not on our own and we don't go in our strength. We go in God's strength. I don't know if you've seen these t-shirts, Marina, but there's these t-shirts that say, you know, all I need is me and my Jesus. There's this, there's something, uh, there's a false information being shared with us that if we just go to the secret place and we're just alone with the Lord, that we'll have everything that we need. And yet God created us for more. He created us for relationship with one another. Talk about the importance of community when it comes to becoming everything that God created us to be. Yes, I have personally experienced God's healing through human connections again, through relationships, through friendships. And I know that's a way that God does bring us healing. And, you know, for us to engage in human connections again, and I'm not talking about texting or sending memes to someone through social media. I'm saying living counterculturally, getting off our devices and instead of texting, calling, instead of calling, actually meeting for coffee and creating those beautiful personal connections again. And I think where I was on this journey a couple, a few years ago, I was terrified of rejection because honestly, Shauna, who calls anymore? I don't right. know because I make 10 to 12 calls every day. So I don't, I'm, I've lost touch with reality, but I remember when I was terrified to make a call, I had to rehearse what I was going to say. This is to a friend. Mm -hmm. So how, how sad that we've gone so far away from that human um, connection, that in-person time. And so we just need to say, yep, there's a risk of rejection, but I'm going to move forward for the reward and the possibility of building a meaningful relationship in person with people again. Mm. I talk about, I have a suffering friend. I've talked about my suffering friend on the show before, but anyway, he suffered pretty much all of his life with, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual disability and he really only relies on just a, a close circle of people. He won't reach out beyond, you know, me and, and a couple other people in his life. And some people are just in, in such a dark place that they only trust a few people. How can I encourage my suffering friend? How can we encourage those people in our lives who just, they don't really trust anybody to take that risk of faith and, and widen their circle of connections. You know, I think if we are so bold and willing to keep inviting them out, we, we have no idea the impact that makes. And I have a few friends in the same situation, just never go out and there's always something wrong. And then once in a while, they'll say yes. And then the last minute, you know, they're sick, they're tired, they don't have enough gas in the car, whatever the situation is. But there are also times where I've kept pursuing someone over and over. I keep inviting them to little times out with coffee and friends. And when they finally say yes, it's so rewarding. So I say, don't give up. We, we keep praying for people, but keep practically inviting them out, keep calling and let them decide if they don't want to answer the phone. You know, and I think a huge factor for those listening is rejection, especially when it's someone we love and a family member. We don't want to be rejected, but just being willing to put our own feelings aside and to keep reaching out over and over and just to think of ourselves as in ministry and the extension of God's love. And God's love never ends, of course. So we too can keep reaching out over and over 
not even regarding the times that they say no and just remembering they're hurting, but we can be that light to them. And we, you know, we've been talking a lot about the life of Mary this morning and how what we can learn from her. She certainly, when she said yes to the angel and she said, may it be to me as you have said, there was a lot of hard, hard, hard moments ahead for her in her yes, that were a part of her yes. And yet God used those and he brought, you know, I mean, community was certainly a part of the life that she lived. For somebody who right now is, maybe they're they're saying, man, I wish somebody was calling and inviting me out. I don't have those phone calls. I'm not getting the phone calls. What do you say to the person who's just, I don't know, there's there's fear and, and negative anticipation around the holiday season? You know, it's so hard. And there's so many broken relationships and families and so much hurt with parents or children who we don't feel that sense of closeness to. We feel like they're on the wrong path. And I think one key is to remember our blessings because it changes our situation. And sometimes we can focus so much on the negative in the relationship. But you know what? If you get through to them and you get to talk to them on Christmas, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. And be completely present and enjoy every single second you have them on your phone on the phone. If they come to your house, that's huge. So enjoy every single moment. And a mentor once told me that, you know, family is is not always what we choose, but it's the people God has given us. And to have the perspective of appreciating every moment we have them changes our perspective. Mm-hmm. And I can say, Shauna, for me, it has. Just to love everything good when it's good and when it's not good to go back to the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marina Hoffman, our good friend, a Bible professor in South Florida, the author of the award-winning book, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, which includes the story of, of Mary and how to deal with anxiety and fear and trauma. So just reach out to Marina, if you like, at womeninthebible.info. That's womeninthebible.info. Yesterday morning was day one of our Advent series at church. We're you know, focusing each week on, on hope and joy and peace and love as we work our way towards Christmas. And so we have these candles sitting at the front of the worship center, right on the platform, right in front. And yesterday there was just a slew of kiddos behind me, just a whole bunch of littles. I don't know, maybe like 10 of them. <laughs> and I was giving them all fist bumps because that's, that's our thing. That's what Miss Shauna does on Sunday morning. And Tessa asked me, Miss Shauna, what are those candles for? Noticing that, you know, those aren't usually there up on the platform. So what's the deal? So I got to tell her a little bit about Advent and what it's all about. That, you know, I was like, have you ever heard the word Advent before? And the kids were all like, no. And they were just gathered around and they were very curious. It was such a fun moment. And I got to share with them that Advent means waiting. It's anticipation, and we're waiting for Christmas Day. We've got so many days, and they're like, they told me exactly how many days we had till Christmas. I was like, that's right. We're waiting, and Advent is waiting for the Christ child. It's waiting for Jesus to come, and so I got to share a little bit about what each of the candles meant and about the expectation and the anticipation of Christmas and just the joy of of expectation and anticipation. And I love surprises, especially really, really good surprises if it's good stuff. I don't need to know in advance. You can just, you know, spring it on me and we're good. But I also enjoy anticipation anticipation so much that I love to order things. Like, I know you can go to the brick and mortar store and you can buy them. And I like to do that too. But I love the idea of ordering something and waiting for it to come. Because my daughter had a birthday last weekend, Friday. 
Haven turned 21 and we ordered a bunch of things for her online and they're not even for me. And I'm so geeked and oh, I wow. keep watching to see if when are these things going to come? All these things we got for Have. I love one day shipping. That yeah. is amazing. I want something right away. Boom. One day. It's Amazon, there the next day. Amazon Prime, buddy. Yeah. That's the ticket right there. But the whole you know, aspect of anticipation is it's built into who we are. And it's, it's very natural, I think, to, to look forward and to be expectant. For instance, I'm going to Australia in January to see my daughter and son-in-law. And I'm starting to count down the days now that we're getting close. Thank you so much for buying me that extra ticket. <laughs> yeah, that That's was really generous. So much it? fun to be with your family. And <laughs> yeah. We just let Jack and Scott and Ben take care of the show. Take care, take yeah. over things here. We'll hang out on Bondi Beach in right, Australia. <laughs> right, yeah. Look, <laughs> in, in always, January. <laughs> always wanted to go there. Oh my goodness. Okay, so back to the whole anticipation as as we step into the Advent season. Before Jesus' birth, God's people had received prophecies about the coming Jesus, the coming Messiah. They knew, you know, a little bit about the king and they dreamed about what it was going to be like when he finally arrived. And they probably had all different interpretations of what it was going to look like, but they studied the scriptures so that they would know where to look and they anticipated the coming Jesus. Are you getting your heart ready to anticipate the coming Jesus? I know there's stuff that your heart is anticipating right now. Maybe you've got family coming in from out of town and you just can't wait to just love on them and and give them a big hug. Maybe you're hopeful for something very specific under the tree. Maybe it's a a physical healing that you need or reconciliation of a relationship. But that anticipation that you're longing for, I truly hope that you get the thing that you want the most. But I have to be totally honest with you because I love you. Even if you get the thing that you want the most, there will still be a longing inside of you, a longing that can only be met by Jesus himself. Psalm 1611 says, you have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So in all of the anticipation of Christmas and all of the expecting and waiting, let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Let's anticipate Jesus and we will not be disappointed. Check this out. When life hurts, it can seem like God is God is hurting us or letting us be hurt. I remember when I had lost all hope in the cave of a deep depression and I asked my dad, why is God letting Satan do this to me? Mm-hmm. But now with hindsight being what it is, I understand that God wasn't being cruel. He was being a good shepherd. And, and here's what I mean. Sally Lloyd-Jones says, The Bible tells us 400 times what animal we're most like. It's sheep. Yep. Sheep aren't clever at all. They're foolish. Sometimes they just topple over and can't get themselves back up again. They just lie there. And if you don't turn them over, they'll die. They're constantly falling off cliffs. (laughs) I just had a picture of (laughs) sheep falling off cliffs. Have you seen the meme? There's a meme on social media of this like... 
I guess it's a brook and it's deep and it's steep. It looks like it's in Ireland or something. It's really green, really beautiful. And it's a video. And the shepherd like has got to carefully wedge himself between the walls of this deep ditch. And he's got his legs precariously, you know, and he reaches in there, he gets his sheep and he plops it up out of the ditch, you know, and the sheep goes running like 20 feet and then doink, right back, back in, in, right back in. Nice. That's yeah. it. That's it. You know, sheep are constantly going to unsafe places and getting stuck or eating poisonous things or getting hurt or running off and getting lost or not finding their way home again, even if their fold is in plain sight. Sheep are completely helpless on their own and desperately need a shepherd to find them and bring them home. But get this, even when a shepherd finds his lost sheep, the sheep goes rushing all around. And the only way he can round it up is to seize it, hurl it to the ground, bind its legs, throw it over his shoulders, and carry it home. Poor little sheepy doesn't understand. Yeah, they don't go willingly. (laughs) It thinks it's being captured or maybe even killed. But the shepherd is saving its life. And sometimes we don't understand what God is up to. It may even look like God is hurting us. But you can trust your shepherd who loves you. He carries you close to his heart. I don't want to be too simplistic about the hard things you may be going through right now. I'll just speak for myself. When I felt like I had been cut off from God and was in such a deep depression, when I felt God was hurting me or letting Satan hurt me, he was actually rounding me up, seizing me, hurling me to the ground, binding my legs and throwing me over his shoulder. And that hurt. It did hurt. But he wasn't hurting me to hurt me. He was hurting me to bring me home. And what if in our pain, it's, it's actually the good shepherd who's inflicting some pain for our good to bring us home. Home is when we realize that life is not all on us. Home is when we realize we're sheep. When we realize how much we need a shepherd, that's home. Home is when we realize that the shepherd loves us so much that he laid down his life for us. Listen to Isaiah 53, 6. Put yourself in this as a sheep. We're all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins on the good shepherd, everything we've done wrong on him, on him for us. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.